God is the God of truth, it's not surprising that His Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of truth. And repeatedly, Jesus underlines this. Look over at chapter 15, and we call it chapters, but remember this is Jesus teaching His men on the night in which He was betrayed. This is on the eve of the cross, John 15, when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, that is the Spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit deals in truth. Satan deals in lies. Satan is the father of lies. This world is deceived. This world is blinded. And if all we do is get our input from this world, we will be too. But the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of truth. Welcome to Abide in the Word with Pastor Scott Gilchrist. Today we continue in our new study called The Truth Shall Set You Free. Pastor Scott brings part two of the introductory message. We invite you to follow along with us now as we get started. It's not your truth versus my truth. I know people talk that way. Maybe you've fallen into thinking that way, that this is just Christian truth. No, this is truth we're looking at, the way things really are, that which corresponds to reality. God is, and those who come to him must believe that he is. Reality, actuality. Now, having said that, this statement, the truth shall set you free, reality, understanding and believing what God says, because Jesus is the truth, his words are truth, and understanding what he's saying will set you free. That very concept is, of course, denied, because are you still there in John 8? Look at verse 44. Jesus goes on. We won't take the time to uh, deal with the whole passage, but Jesus, as I said, was being confronted. And he says, verse 44, you, speaking of his opponents, who are debating him and challenging him, you are of your father, the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth. There is an opponent. There's an adversary. Today, just as there was in Jesus' day, Satan. And he's called the devil. Here, Jesus calls him the devil. He does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature. For he is a liar. And the father of lies. He controls the way this world thinks. He's called the God of this world. He's constantly propagandizing, huh? He's constantly spouting forth falsehood, untruth, and uh, outright lies. There's no truth in him. He doesn't stand in the truth. And those who follow him, all of us, were duped by him 
until Jesus brought the light to our eyes. I hope you know Jesus, but if you don't, if you haven't come to him, you're still under the shroud of this darkness and you're still believing lies about yourself, about God, about reality, about what this world is all about. And so the father of lies, Jesus calls him out, is lying. He's been lying from the beginning. Hey, Adam, Eve, uh, didn't that look good? God didn't really mean what he said. That's a lie. God means what he says. But they went for it. And all the way through history, whoa, Isaiah says, to those who call sweet bitter and bitter sweet, to those who call evil good and good evil, beware of the lies. So as we look at this over the next few weeks, uh, we're going to look at various teachings or doctrines, if you will. That's what the word doctrine means. It's teaching. We're going to look at teachings of Jesus because he is the truth. His words are true. And as we look at these truths, we'll see how they liberate. They set free. And we'll also, by necessity, have to look at common lies or falsehoods that, uh, you know, correspond, you might say, to the truth. So, Christian, every time you open your Bible and look at the truth, the way things really are, there's a voice whispering in your ear and in your heart that's saying, no, not really. In fact, actually, and telling you about another actuality that is false. It's not actual. But he'll use every language, you know, every word. He's a very good liar. And we're very deceivable. So anyway, having said that, we're going to be doing that. But today, I want to establish this general truth, this central tenet that God is a God of truth and God's means of liberation is truth. Jesus, God's son, our liberator. Our Savior, we say, and we'll be, you know, and the Bible does. I love the term Savior, but I want to just kind of expand our thinking a bit because he came to set free. He came to liberate, and he saves, he liberates us from sin, from the bondage of sin, from the lies of this world. And so Jesus is our liberator. Listen, let me just read it. When Jesus, uh, the first time he spoke in Luke in public in his ministry, he turned to Isaiah, you remember? And he said, and he quoted, but he was reading, reading from the scroll. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel, to evangelize, euangelizo, a good report, to bring a good report. He anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are downtrodden. Now, I don't know, I'm sure if we, this big group, if, you know, if, if I said, have you ever been in bondage? A friend of mine was thrown into jail 
without any trial, without any recourse, and he described to me, it wasn't in this country, uh, but even as he described it to me, I hurt with him. And I thought as they gave him just, it was a dungeon he was put in for days, weeks. And he had no idea when he'd be released. And I'm sure he understands better than I do. Release. You know. Uh, but I think we all get it. To open the eyes of the blind, imagine... You've never seen, and your eyes are opened. We have to kind of imagine most of us because we've been able to see. But still, we get the idea. Jesus is a liberator. And uh, Jesus is called, in fact, he called himself. He said, I am the truth. His word is called the word of truth. Turn to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy 2. The Bible you hold in your hand, it's called the Word of Christ, the Word of God, sharp two-edged sword, many titles or descriptions. But Paul, in handing the baton to Timothy, says, verse 15, be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed handling accurately the word of truth. Now remember what truth is. When you open the Bible, you're opening the word of truth. You're read, when you read the Bible, you're reading the way things really are. I can't tell you that when you read a magazine. I can't tell you that when you turn on the news. I can't tell you that when you just click and check the latest news or the collection, the, the app you have that collects all the headlines and kind of gives you there. Be careful, by the way, which app you read and who filters your thing. But still, I can't tell you, no matter where you turn, no matter how diligent you are to look and find out, I can tell you, and Psalm 119 says, the sum of his word is truth. When you open this book, you're going to see how things really are. That's why I tell you to read it every day. That's why we encourage one another to abide in his word. Not because there's religious brownie points. <laughs> we want to know the truth. We want to know him who is the truth. And we want to know how things really are. Actuality. Facts. Reality. The word of truth. So all the more, when I stand up, and teach, he says, Timothy, give it your best shot. Be diligent to handle accurately the word of truth. Or just if I were to just say the gospel, what is the gospel? Turn over to Colossians 1. Colossians 1, verse 5. When Paul is Rejoicing and giving thanks for the Colossians, he says, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of which you previously heard in the word of truth, comma, the gospel. Oh, let me tell you, I was uh, teaching Christ in Corinthians earlier this week downtown, and Paul said, 
I want to make known to you what I've, what I've made as clear as been, it's been made clear to me, and I want to make it of first importance, the good news, the gospel. Christ died for our sins, just like the scripture said he would. He was buried, and he rose again, just like the scripture said he would be raised. This is the good news. It's called, verse 5, the word of truth. We are born of the word of truth. Peter says we're born again in 1 Peter 1 verse 23, we're born again not of seed which is perishable but imperishable that is through the living and abiding word of God. But James says, that's 1 Peter 1 23, James says in chapter 1 verse 18 that God has begotten us, the old King James had it. He, he has brought us forth. When you put your faith in Christ, you are born of God. God has brought you forth by the word of truth. Think back, Christian, to when you heard the truth, the word of truth, the proclamation of truth, and the Holy Spirit, who is what? Well, we might say comforter, and we'd be on good ground, good biblical ground. We might say advocate, and we'd be on good biblical ground. In other words, these are good translations of uh, his title, the helper, the comforter, the advocate. But you know, almost as often as Jesus called him the helper or the comforter or the advocate, if you will, the one called alongside he also called him, the night in which Jesus betrayed, turn there, John 14, I want you to see these. John 14, he tells them he's leaving and they are troubled. And he says, don't be troubled. Don't let your heart be troubled. Trust me, I'm going to prepare a place for you. But then he opens up and John 14, he says this. I will ask the Father, verse 16, and he will give you another parakletos, helper, comforter, advocate, that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth. God's spirit is called the spirit of truth. God is the God of truth. It's not surprising that his Holy Spirit is called the spirit of truth. And repeatedly, Jesus underlines this. Look over at chapter 15, and we call it chapters, but remember, this is Jesus teaching his men on the night in which he was betrayed. This is on the eve of the cross. John 15, verse 26. When the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, that is the spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit deals in truth. Satan deals in lies. Satan is the father of lies. This world is deceived. This world is duped. This world is blinded. And if all we do is get our input from this world, we will be too. But the Holy Spirit is called the spirit of truth. Chapter 16, look again. He says, you know, it's to your advantage, verse 7, that I go away. For if I don't go, he won't come. But if I go, I'm going to send you this one. Verse 13, he, the spirit of truth, when he comes, he will guide you into all the truth. 
For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall take of mine and will disclose it to you. He's the spirit of truth. God's word is the word of truth. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. Jesus used to say, didn't he, quite often, everything he ever said was truth. Every word that came out of Jesus' mouth was truth. But he used to say, quite often, truly, truly, I say to you. In fact, he said it twice in John 3 when he's talking about the need to be born again to Nicodemus. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Now, if you're familiar with the words behind it, it's a great translation, truly, truly. But the word is amen, amen. And if you've looked it up at all, when we say amen, we use it as what? An affirmation. So be it is what the word means. And it came straight across into the English, amen, we could say amen, Amen, so be it, so be it. It came from the Greek, and the Greek took it straight across from the Aramaic, and the Aramaic took it straight across from the Hebrew. Amen and amen. And I just thrilled as Rod, uh, Rod uh, said, said amen to what God is doing in Israel. But we use it in a so be it kind of a thing, but think about it, so be it. It is. It's an affirmation of how it is. So it's not just sincerely yours at the end of your prayer. When we praise God, we can say, amen. He is praiseworthy. So when Jesus said, amen, amen, he's affirming the truth of what he's saying, the reality. It is. The actuality, go look at every dictionary, you know, and figure, that's why I said sometimes it's good because, and theologians wisely say that which corresponds to the way things are because we live in a world that says, well, that's just your perception. That's just the way you look at it. No, I might be messed up in the way I look at it. I want to know what the real reality is, what the real it is, Okay. And God is, and he's the God of truth. Now, having said that, I'll wrap this up by saying this. Jesus said, not some library etching, Jesus is the one who said it. The truth will set you free. And I ask myself, how? How? Well, we're going to unfold that uh, in the next few weeks. But turn over to 2 Corinthians. Just in the general sense, I want to underline this. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, where he brings these truths together, if you will. The Holy Spirit, we saw in John, glorifies Jesus, truth personified. He illuminates his word, the word of truth. He guides into all truth. That's the Holy Spirit's ministry. When he comes, he'll guide you into all the truth. He is the spirit of truth. Well, now watch in 2 Corinthians 3, whenever a man, verse 16, turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. 
Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. It is the ministry of the Holy Spirit, Christian, to take truth and liberate. Jesus prayed, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. So the Holy Spirit takes the truth and he opens it up. He's the one who wrote it. He illumines it. He opens our eyes, our heart, that we might see. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So I come back to it. We often, you hear me talk about abiding. We talk about abiding and sometimes we think of the very method of just simply slowing down and mulling over and listening to his word and even copying it out. And I tell you, Jesus said it this way. He put it in an if-then statement. If you abide, live, continue, dwell, read, study, mull it over. If you abide in my word, then you're truly my disciples and you'll know the truth and the truth set you free. Now I suggest that because I think I have it here. Yes, I do. I was hoping I'd remember to stick it in. You've got another one of these, you know, and we say, oh, an abide card. If you haven't done this, let me encourage you. It's a calendar. And today, November 25th, Luke 24, 44 through 53, meditate on that passage. Copy it out by hand. Read it. Think on it. Ponder it. And then tomorrow, and tomorrow and onward, we're going to spend this month, once again, as we did last year, listening to the Old Testament tell about Jesus, the truth, and then the New Testament fulfillment of this Messiah, who is Jesus, who said, I am the truth. And as we do, our hearts, it's, that's how we can focus on him. In all the shopping and all the busyness and all the year-end reports you got to get done for work and all the other things that happen between now and Christmas, let me encourage you to carve out time each day to abide in his word. And I say it not because, again, I repeat myself, not because you get some sort of merit or brownie points from this. It's our lifeline. The word of God is our lifeline to the God of truth. And the spirit of truth takes the word of truth and liberates us. We see things how they really are and never do we see it more than when we're gazing at these promises of this Messiah, this liberator, and then seeing how Jesus of Nazareth was the fulfillment of it. You've been listening to Abide in the Word with Pastor Scott Gilchrist. Please stay with us. Pastor Scott will return in just a moment with a preview of our next broadcast. Today's program was titled, The Truth Shall Set You Free a message from our study of the foundational truths of the faith. If you missed a portion of the message heard on the program today or you'd like to share it with a friend, head on over to AbideInTheWord.us. 
A free copy of today's entire message is available there for you to stream or download at your convenience. If you've ever wanted Pastor Scott's sermon library in the palm of your hand, we have a new app available called the Abide app. It's available in both the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store. Along with the sermon library, you'll also find Scott's written publications, biblical seminars on a variety of subjects, daily devotional videos, this radio program, and the Abide Method, a monthly Bible reading and writing plan developed by Scott to give you the opportunity to read and write out Scripture. These resources all come free within the app, so if you're looking to deepen your relationship with Christ, please consider downloading the Abide app in either the Apple or Google App Stores. We'd love to get this valuable resource into your hands. We're thankful that you've chosen to listen to us on this station. And we invite you to abideintheword.us to download or listen to any past program or to subscribe to our daily podcast. Now, before we end our time today, let's go to Pastor Scott for a preview of our next broadcast. So we're released from the bondage of sin. This is one aspect of redemption. We're released from the guilt the debt, sin pays wages, and redemption were released from the very guilt, the debt of sin. The day you eat of that tree, you'll surely die. The wages of sin is death, but the gospel of God, the whole Bible speaks of how we can be set free from the guilt of sin. So we'll watch that develop. And then we're set free, we're redeemed from futility futility. Just the futile nature of life lived apart from God. Live for self. Join us again next time as we continue our study, The Truth Shall Set You Free. Pastor Scott brings a message titled, The Truth About Redemption. Until then, may the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you.